Welcome to Talkin' Star Wars. The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. Join your hosts, Robin Vogt and Scott Inch, as they explore all aspects. I see your point, sir. I suggest a new strategy, Let the Wookiee win. From a galaxy far, far away. Laugh it up, fuzzball. I've been waiting for you all be long. We meet again. Awesome. Hey, guys. What's up? Welcome back to Talking Star Wars Episode 5. Scott, how's everything going over there this evening? That is not bad. It's been uh, one long week. Just glad it's Friday now. Uh, we had a bit of snow today, but that's it. So Scottish weather today. Uh, snow, a bit of rain, and dry. So there we go. Not bad. Not bad. We're just coming off a major blizzard here. And guess what? Monday morning here in the united states another blizzard coming our way so we'll have plenty of time to sit down and talk some star wars and start firing some stuff away so that's what we do here on talking star wars if this is your first time tuning in here on youtube we like to talk star wars we like to talk canon content and everything and scott got a title for what seems to be a five issue run of a new star wars marvel comic so this week's the new uh, crossover title is called well it starts off in a comic called star wars screaming citadel so i'm looking i'm wondering what this is all about and from what I'm reading of the description, it's going to be that Dr. Afra is going to come looking for Skywalker. And then we'll find out when we get into the story what it's all about. But we know it's going to start, that's going to be like Vader Down, a comic like that. And then it's going to have Star Wars, Dr. Afra, Star Wars, Dr. Afra. So similar to what Star Wars and Darth Vader did was it last year when they did that. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking to see what. To see new canon content we can get out of this, and especially I, I believe this is the first time Afra will have met Luke. I can't remember meeting Luke yet in the comics. There's going to be some interesting relationship building here between a character that we were really introduced to in both Vader Down and the Vader comic itself, which is Dr. Afra. And to see Luke Skywalker's projection really in the Star Wars standalone comic itself here, to see those, I guess you could call them separate universes. I mean, Dr. Aphra's on a very different level than Luke at this point. So it's kind of see how those two very conflicting kind of attitudes are going to go on this journey. And one of the things I love about this, Scott, and I know you're probably a big, big person that's going to be behind this, is that there's going to be very adult themes in this comic book. And they said it's even going to touch on some horror themes at the same time, which I was like, wow, that within the Star Wars universe and especially within a comic, that's going to be so awesome to see play out. Oh, definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm not a big horror guy, but I want, we haven't really had much of the horror in Star Wars and the canon content yet. So this is going to be quite interesting. I've, I've got, I don't want to see like a zombie. Uh, in the Star Wars universe, but I, I think we'll get something similar, or maybe just like ghosts of the past or something. I don't know, but I'm really excited to see what we're getting. We kind of were introduced to this with the Night Sisters and everything. Yeah. That very ghost-like, horror-like backstory to certain aspects of the Star Wars universe, and I think this comic definitely is going to explore that. And I would not be surprised if maybe Luke starts to learn that. You know, we know Qui Gon Jinn was the first to learn about the possibility of returning in the force as a force ghost the force moves in different ways and it will in very different ways could there be other souls within the force that return and become part of this journey and I, sorry to say it i know i I'm, i grew up on the goosebump books and everything i i have a funny feeling that this comic book is going to give a little bit of those kind of little themes in there where it's like little jump scares when we turn the next page and stuff 
<laughs> I think great thing to see. Oh, definitely, definitely. I would love to see like like Katie's creature that we've never seen before. Not a rancor, but something different. That's like if I scream and read it, then I know I put the comment down. I know you put it. Ah! I know you put it down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe a force ghost might appear not kind of like Obi-Wan because Luke didn't really see that until Empire Strikes Back so I think we might get something like that Luke might he might be thinking to himself I'm imagining when actually he doesn't really know about it yet until Empire Strikes Back where he starts to see Obi-Wan as a force ghost how great would it be if maybe Qui-Gon Jinn appeared but I doubt it but, but that would be quite interesting because again you've got the Skywalker connection because of Qui-Gon Jinn finding Anakin um, and it is meant to be on a planet with maybe ghosts coming around, scaring, scaring us all. Who knows? But that would be quite an interesting theory or hypothesis that maybe Qui-Gon might just appear as a voice. Even though he did appear as, I don't know if it was a force ghost, it looked like a force ghost in the Clone Wars when he appeared to Obi-Wan. Or was that just Obi-Wan's imagination? Close enough. And also, you're saying about the Night Sisters, that was closest, definitely closest time we did get to some kind of horror in Star Wars. I, I could even imagine just, Luke is not used to, based on where we are in this timeline, the exposure to Force Ghost. So to have the first Force Ghost that he interacts with be Qui-Gon Jinn and just have that be kind of a scare for him, I mean, Dr. Aphra and Luke would be on the same level. They'd be like, where the heck did this person just come from? Like, this is a new concept for us. Luke would have not been exposed to it, and it would also explain that when Obi-Wan Force Ghost appears to Luke Skywalker, scared to him, he was almost familiar with that type of presence in some way. So for him to be introduced to a Force Ghost before that timeline starts playing out, it would make a lot more sense when we go back and see the films, and it's like, oh man, suddenly Obi-Wan Force Ghost appears, I'm scared to hell, you know, that like that kind of thing. (laughs) So (laughs) it's going to be, like you said, Scott, it's going to be interesting to see what Luke's reaction is to possibly a Force Ghost appearing, or like you said, another creature of some sort. Like you said, it doesn't have to be a Rancor. It could be, maybe you could maybe see another kind of, uh, I'm not even going to say, because I know we saw it at the beginning of the Maul comic, and I don't want to really make Wrath Tars a Star Wars thing. I I don't want to make them that. Would it surprise me? Oh, I know what we're going to do. Let's play a little game of (laughs) over-under about whether a Wrath Tar is going to appear in Screaming Citadel. Let's set the percentage at our usual, Scott, at 45%. Over under 45% that a Rathtar makes an appearance as one of these scary creatures in Screaming Citadel. What are you thinking? Over under? Uh, 1%. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 1%. I don't think they'll appear. I honestly don't think they'll appear in this this run of comics. Well, no. 1%. I'm saying 1%. They will not appear and this next uh, crossover for Star Wars, I don't think they'll appear. So I'm going with 1%. 1%. Okay, so you're definitely on the underside of that 45%. Way under. You know what? Way, that's way under. That's, that's putting it out there. You know what? I'm going to say something. I'm going to lay it on the line for Star Wars fans right now here on YouTube Live. If you're listening on iTunes right now, here it comes. I'm going to say 48% that we see a Rathtar in this comic. And it's not going to be a prominent creature. It could be linked or something. It, you know, we could find ourselves on the same planet where Maul is in that opening episode. Yeah. And maybe, possibly, there could be, you know, maybe, oh, I hear a rustle over in the corner. 
Well, that's definitely not a Raftar, folks. Well, I'm starting to think that we could see maybe a limb come out of the background somewhere or just something like that. I know a lot of people are now saying they're going back and they're watching Return of the Jedi and everything, and the creature that grabs C-3PO and everything, they're like, oh, my God, Raftar. Oh, my goodness. You know, that's a little... That's a little out there, but... But now I can see that, actually, an episode in Return of the Jedi. I can see that. I can see that. Uh, I'm just glad that they didn't kill C-3PO, but I'm just... Uh, I can definitely see mm. that. I can definitely see that being a, a raptor. Yeah, yeah, okay. Interesting. So I'm definitely on the overside. I'm going to say 47%. But of course, you know, when we talk about these over-under percentages, Scott, 47%, there's still that leeway where it couldn't happen at the same time. But I think maybe we'll see something. I'm so... I'm just so excited about this comic coming out. I think we're going to explore so many different worlds in this comic, and maybe there's a good chance that one of these planets that they explore through Screaming Citadel is a planet that Luke becomes very familiar with a little bit later on down the road. I think you know what planet I'm talking about, but maybe there's a certain presence on this specific planet that, you know, maybe maybe plays into later on down the road in terms of his training or something. I don't know. I'm just starting to think there could be something there. Scott, what are you thinking? Are a planet that's been on before, well, coming up, maybe going to be appearing later on. <laughs> nah, I think it's going to be a completely different planet. I think it's going to be a new planet we haven't seen before. I definitely think it's going to be a new planet. Mm. I think it might be a planet similar to Dagobah, because Dagobah had that kind of horror when Luke went crawling underneath uh, the tree. Um, because Dr. Aphra would be on a different... I want to know how she got to that planet. I want to know how she got to that planet. Um, I don't know. My, my head's coming up with ideas now, but I'm just like, oh! <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, I don't want to spoil, I don't want to give myself too much hypothesis or theories on it because I want to be surprised when the comic comes out. But I think it's going to be a new planet, one we haven't seen before in Star Wars. I really want to see new planets and new places that we haven't seen before in Star Wars because again, Force Awakens, we've got to see a new planet. Jackie, I just don't want to go back to the same old planets we've all been before. That makes sense. That would make sense that we wouldn't be reintroduced to specific planets that in reality would see new planets. And again, I think the Star Wars Cinematic Universe is doing that at the same time. So it would make sense that in Screaming Citadel, we would have that same kind of planet building, like similar to character building. We get planet building about just how vast the Star Wars universe is and how many different galaxies beyond the galaxy that we understand do exist out. So it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out as we move forward and we get closer to the actual comic coming out. I am so excited. It looks like this is going to be a May release just after Force Awakens, uh, Force Awakens, Star Wars Celebration. And technically, yes, it is after Force Awakens, and it's after Rogue One. Um, but around summer, we can all sit down, enjoy some pina coladas, enjoy some of our favorite uh, liqueurs, and we can all enjoy a nice summer read, which is going to be great to see play out, Scott. Um, very think about, I know we've seen... Dr. Afra's character play out in this specific series, Dr. Afra here. And we saw her character rise and kind of take on this very different role in the Vader comic. Where, where do you see Dr. Afra's projection heading into Screaming Sinner? And how much of a role is she going to have possibly in Luke's experiences? Are there things that Dr. Afra is going to expose Luke to that may play a bit of a role later on down the road? Maybe some cautions that he has about 
certain ways of going about the galaxy. Well, right now, I just finished off, I just read it like about half an hour before we started doing this, <laughs> issue four. Um, she just finished off with leaving Yavit 4. So she's on a quest with her dad. So what if this storyline in Scooby Citadel coincides with what her dad's doing? Mm. So there's a theory there that, so that's how maybe Luke and her and her dad are kind of on the same quest and that's how they all meet up going forward i think how her her impact will look i think luke will get a bit of a waking up because he's still a bit naive yeah he's not the he's not the luke that we know in, uh, in return of the jedi he's still in that naive stage even in empire strange Star, he's still in that naive stage so i think he'll get a bit of waking up he'll, he'll mature a wee bit but it won't be until he loses his right hand that uh, he actually becomes the look that we all know and love in Return of the Jedi. So I think a wee bit more exposure to this, to Afra, especially with the droids, you'll get to see what, seeing what her droids are like compared to what 3PO and R2 are like. I think Luke will kind of go, oh, I don't like these guys. Wow. Yeah, I just thought about something. It's... It's going to be curious, and Star Wars is really focusing on the droid interaction piece with, between yeah. main characters and droids. That looped Dr. Aphra's two uh, trusty droids there. Right. I mean, what was, what was one of the lines? Um, he called... Uh, what did he call humans? Meatbags, was it? Or, um, it felt like, yeah. So, it, <laughs> what is scum? It was, it was something really like he just doesn't like humans. I mean, maybe he's killed off the cat off uh, humans in the in the Vader comic. It's just pretty funny. Yeah. He's just like, I don't care. I'll just kill them. Like I'm programmed to do this, not to uh, walk fast, but I can kill humans very well. He yeah. just doesn't care. I I can't wait to see if he calls Luke a meatbag. And <laughs> again, like you said. There is a certain amount of immaturity still with Luke. Uh, we still get a little bit of that whiny Toshi station type of Luke at times. Yeah. And to have that kind of butt heads with these very serious droids. I mean, we're talking about these droids wanted to take over basically the galaxy at one point. They wanted to stop Dr. Aphra. They wanted to stop Vader. And they yeah. had this kind of like underlining plan and it just kind of fell apart and everything. The butting heads between Luke and Dr. Aphra and her droids is going to be absolutely fascinating. And I think this comic is going to do a great job of creating visuals. I know the artist behind Screaming Citadel has also been behind parts of the Star Wars comic itself and a little bit of the Dr. Aphra comic as well. And she's going to be, I, I can't remember if it's Karen Gillan, I believe, is the name yeah. of. of Isn't Karen Gillan the actress? I think they have the same name, don't they? <laughs> I thought it was Kieran, but I might be wrong. Is it uh, Kieran? Kieran, yeah. It's Kieran Gillan. <laughs> I'm sure. Kieran Gillan, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I might be say, wrong. Wow, what a Doctor, what a doctor Who uh, uh, tie in here. That's, that's kind of <laughs> interesting. But uh, yeah, Kieran Gillan, who has been behind the Star Wars comic and the Doctor Afro comic and much of its development. Um, to take on this is going to be a journey for her. And I can already see the artwork. Like I, I, I can already see it popping out of the page. Like the words and the pictures are just going to pop the entire time. Yeah. And it's, it's going to be unlike 
any other Star Wars comic I think that we've read up to this point, maybe going back to the 80s Star Wars comics. I know mm -hmm. I'm a big reader. I go to comic stores. I pick up the 80s Star Wars comics and just the way that the words, it's a very mature way that it's worded. And then to add those very particular, very detailed pictures that the comic artist did at the time, it, it was just a very different universe for me after you know seeing you know all the original trilogy movies and everything it was on a very different level i totally see this comic being on a very different level than the universe that we're used to what do you think it's got i, th I think we're definitely getting some great visuals in this but i mean uh, the Han solo comic gave us some great visuals i love the way they did with the millennium falcon like the detail they had on that on the millennium falcon and the Han solo comic i hope they don't do the same kind of I didn't like the art they used in the Chewbacca and Leia comics. I thought it was a bit, bit, bit naff. Um, your point about 80s comics, the way they did the 80s comics for DC comics as well, like the Batman, uh, a definite family, I like that kind of comic. The writing in that was pretty adult. I mean, go back to the Green Arrow where uh, you had uh, Speedy shooting... Uh, taking drug abuse basically so that was very adult I would like to see this comic more adult and Star Wars has started to do that a wee bit more a wee bit more adult not a lot of the kiddie stuff that's more you see a bit more of that in Rebels and occasionally but you don't see it much really in any other comics even Rogue One wasn't very kid friendly part of it it was very especially when Vader was slicing everybody apart uh, <laughs> that was very very adult geeked out in the cinema when I saw that. I was like, oh! Um, but yeah, <laughs> you'll see You'll see me do something like that sometimes. Oh! Um, but yeah, I think we're going to get some great artwork in this comic. Um, hopefully some great artwork that can fill up on my wall. Yeah, that's, that, that's going to be really cool. I mean, I would love to just see certain aspects of this comic. And again, I'm going to stem it back to some of the 80s Star Wars comics. And like you said, even some of the DC comics. Yeah. where you could take pages out of the comic book itself and you'd want to frame it. Like yeah, it's, yeah. the artwork was just so impeccable and just so natural looking that it was like, how can, how can I put this thing aside and just let it sit there? I want to, I want to showcase it. I mean, we need a star Wars comic that can showcase itself alone. You don't necessarily need the entire book as a piece of artwork. Each page is its own piece of art. Yeah. And I, like you said, the Han Solo comic is just like that. Um, I would even say certain pieces of the Dark Horse Knights of the Old Republic comic were like that. It, just in terms yeah. of the artwork itself, you could rip a page out of some of those uh, issues where um, you're talking about like the Mandalorian starfighters and everything. And you're talking about the relationship between the um, Mandalorian Jedi Wars and everything. I mean, aspects of that, they could just rip out from it because it was just so in depth and could stand alone by itself. I think the Screaming Citadel could absolutely do that. It, it will be quite a read yeah, in many ways. Definitely, definitely. It's going to be, it's going to be a great read over the summer to read. I just can't wait. I, I can't wait to have it as a trade paperback. I would love to have the just even the first the cover of like Scooby Citadel and they've got Afra and Luke together, Luke's lightsaber. That's just with the moonlight in the background. That just that's a great, great cover. I would love to have that on my wall. Definitely. That's it. I have to admit, just based off of, I know I wrote a report for the Brick City Blockade podcast blog page 
Um, I had to use that image from Marvel, that, that opening, that first and the cover there um, for that issue. It's just so vivid and it just paints a picture of what these two are going to go through in this comic. And we haven't even read it yet. I mean, yeah. that's the beauty of these covers is that they're already telling a story before we even pick it up and read the words. And speaking of reading the words before we even get to see it, we did get some episode titles for the upcoming second half so the Rebels season here. Now, I know we kind of kicked it off a little bit, and then we took a siesta here. Um, I mean, it's there's been so much. We've got the Episode Eight title between then, and now I think we're ready for Rebels. Yeah. I think Star Wars fans are ready to jump back into this universe, and we got some titles for the upcoming episodes. Now, of course, the one that stands out to me the most, Scott, is the Twin Suns. And I think we know where we are going with this. Yeah. But... In the description itself, I'm going to be curious to hear. Ezra seems like he's going to be going on his own. Yeah. He, he is wanting to accomplish something. Now, I did not expect this. I thought that, yeah, we were going to see Obi-Wan versus Maul. Maul was going to go there to try to accomplish what his overall goal was after the Phantom Menace and all those other journeys that he went through in between, was to finally get to Obi-Wan once again and to, to have his vengeance. Now, seeing that Ezra is going to be going alone on this journey to Tatooine to, of course, what the description says is to stop Maul yeah. from carrying out what he wants to get. Do you think this means, I know it's pretty blunt that Ezra is going on this journey. He wants to stop Maul, but I think there's a lot more to the wording. I think Ezra is going to face some conflicts on this journey yeah. and just to see possibly Obi-Wan Maul and maybe Ezra standing there too. That's going to be something. I've just got this idea in my head. What if it's not Obi-Wan that kills Maul? What if it's Ezra that kills Maul? I mean... All right, guys. See ya. Have a good night. That's, that's it. <laughs> Mind is blown. Oh, I do man. see some blood on the back here. There's a theory. What if it's... Because, I mean, I read... I, I left this in our... Facebook page of the episode description. The minute I saw it, I put it up so you guys could read it. Um, I th- reading it that Ezra goes on in its own and he knows that about these twin sons because he saw the visions uh, in episode three and then he saw it again just before Christmas break. Um, he saw what Maul was looking for. I mean, he doesn't want to take care of them because, again, we're going back to the original, we're going back to episode uh, four the first Star Wars movie, where Obi-Wan said he hasn't been called Obi-Wan in a very long time. We know that Kenobi is what Maul's going to call him, but we don't think, I don't think Ezra will call him Obi-Wan Kenobi. He might, who knows what he'll call him, but we know it won't be Obi-Wan. So what, I, I, I really think it's going to be a battle between Maul and Ezra, not Maul and Obi-Wan. I think that's what we're going to get in this. I think this will be... Ezra's trial, so to speak, it'll be his trial on dealing with Maul. So if you have Obi-Wan and you have Ezra and you have Maul present at this time, this is a very different path than what I, you probably, other Star Wars Rebels followers into this season. We all had uh, this idea that Ezra was going to play dark at some, that he was going to go down this path where it wasn't going to be good for him or it wasn't going to end up where necessarily Kanan wanted it to because this is his Padawan. This is the one that he's trying to guide through the light. Last time, Scott, 
and I'm so glad you bring this up between Ezra and Maul in the conflict, and then, of course, Obi-Wan. Like you said, I don't think he's going to call him Obi-Wan. I don't know if he's going to call him anything. I don't know, technically, if there's going to necessarily be any chatter between Obi-Wan and Ezra. No. Personally, this is the theory that I see coming out, and I'm going to be curious to see what you think of this one. Ezra arrives, Maul and Obi-Wan are there, and Ezra just takes care of what he knows he has to do and walks away, and that's it. Obi-Wan asks him for a name, he says a name, that's it. That's all we get from that. That could be the ending to that episode. I don't know. Maybe there'll be a lot of more character building with possibly mall and maybe some background to maybe what happened there maybe we get a call back to episode one and everything mm-hmm. which would be great i think you want to connect those two universes like yeah. taking the cinematic universe and connecting it to the, this really overarching goal of mall and to give it some purpose that's a great way to do it but i definitely think that's going to be a very subtle meeting and in a way that star wars fans are just going to be mind blown they're just gonna i i can already see it happening because rebels coming into this. And obviously, Scott, you know, you were at Star Star Wars Celebration. Finding out everything that was going on with Rebels was mind-blowing to you guys. I mean, you've even told me that just everybody was came out of Celebration saying that Rebels panel was the one that got everybody going. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, all hard back to it. Just coming out of that panel, I mean, we got to see the first episode of season three, two months, three months before they, they aired. Um, and everybody was talking about what we're going to see. We've got that, tr- that awesome trailer released as well, seeing Thrawn. And then we were all speculating, oh, how much is Thrawn going to be in this? What's Ezra? And Ezra was, even that first scene when Ezra took care of that walker, he just... He just like that was dark side stuff. That wasn't like Jedi stuff. That was dark side stuff. And he has to go, even though throughout the season we've had uh, Ezra go, oh, we, he, and then back. <laughs> that is exactly what he did. That is perfect. <laughs> yeah. And then he's, then you've had a few episodes where he's like been really dark and then he's been going back, we, he, like Anakin Skywalker, <laughs> we, he. Um, but I think, as you say, that we'll definitely get a dark episode. I think Twin Suns is going to be pure dark. I think it's going to be the darkest we've seen in Rebels in a while. And again, I don't think we're going to get any of the other main characters. I think we'll get them at the probably the beginning of the episode, and then Ezra will take the Phantom, and he will follow where Maul went to Tatooine, and I think that's where the whole conversation will go. Because even going into the reality episode Zero Hour, that's this the attack on the fall. We know that it's been coming for the past few weeks, so I think mm-hmm. I think we're definitely going to get some dark episodes, but especially Twin Suns is definitely going to be dark. Definitely with that. And I can't wait to see how it ends. I just can't wait. You know. I, don't, I, I personally think that Ezra's going to kill Mo. I really think Ezra's going to kill Mo. It won't be Obi-Wan, it'll be Ezra. And, and Mo's going to be like really angry because he wanted to take, he wanted his final fight with Obi-Wan. And Ezra will take him out and he'll be gutted. He'll, you'll see him, it was she that killed me. And then he dies. When he gets eaten by a by uh, the the Sarlat pit, who knows? <laughs> you could get dropped in the Sarlat pit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but, no, uh, totally. Yeah, but I definitely, definitely envision a really dark episode. One that I'll probably go back and watch and watch again just to get so sweaty about it. To quote our friend George Schnipp. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's like what I said about Brian with on uh, Rebels recap and everything. That when we started getting the Mandalorian stuff, I had to buy multiple towels just to pat off all the stuff <laughs> and everything. Uh, good friend John Schnepp there. He's 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 like the ultimate sweaty king. You know what? We get pretty sweaty over Star Wars over here at talking Star Wars, and it's gonna be hard because 
I, I don't know if there are going to be enough towels in both households to add off the amount of sweat once. I mean, I think we have had, it's been foreseen. I say it all the time, yeah. but that, that Obi-Wan mall conflict was going to arise again at some point, whether it was this season or next season, it was going to happen. And they were really kind of teasing it ever since the beginning that there yeah. was going to be a major conflict between both a Sith and a Jedi or whatever you want to call them at this point. Um, at some point, the other episode I want to talk to you about, because you talked about keeping on the dark tones this season and ending on that. And I think as we move closer to Rogue One, we've talked about this. That's a very dark film. It's outside of the typical Star Wars universe that we're used to. And it focused on very gritty, dark tones. As we move closer now, I definitely see the end of the season following that path. Have it be a happy-go-lucky ending to the season, heading closer to Rogue One and be like, oh, wait, what? Huh? It wouldn't feel right. right. Now that last episode, it's a part two. It's a, part, it's a two-part episode. Now that last description about Hera having to keep everybody alive. That line alone, I'm like, oh man, who's kicking the bucket? It better not be Chopper. Who is kicking the bucket at the end of the season? Um, I, I don't know what to think. I really don't. I think it's going to be Zeb. I think it's definitely going to be Zeb. Um, I think he's... I think he maybe has outplayed his usefulness. I mean, he, I feel like his arcs kind of came to an end in a way because in season two we got him reuniting his people. Um, whether he goes off and joins his people, I don't know. But I think he he will go out. And I mean, we've got Callus as well coming this season. We all know that he's fulcrum. Um, who mm-hmm. he, he? It could be Callus as well. He could die as well. Yes. The, 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 this season, this end of season finale could be a game changer. We can go to season four. And one of our favourite Rebels won't be in the show anymore. Or they could all just be still going into season four. But if you're going to do with all the battle, we all know how it will end. Because as it says in episode four, the Rebels won their first major battle. And that was on Scarif against yep. the Empire. We know they won't win a battle in this. We know, we, we know they're going to lose. And we, even, we just got a bit of it from the trailer. So I think we're going to see casualties i think we're definitely going to see someone die it might not be many main characters it could be commander sato he could die and Hera takes over there's a possibility it could be a, a minor character somebody would be very little. we know that wesh can't die we know someone else can't die we do we know Hera will definitely not die because she's she's mentioned in rogue one so um, i'm hoping for someone we someone who's not a main character dies but at the same time i would like a main character just to die just to stop up the stakes you back and to go to season four with that kind of grief and how they deal with that i'm going to propose something new and it's 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 just coming to my mind right now you bring up a great point and i think you were starting to kind of key in on this callus's relationship build from last season specific when of course they're both stuck together and we see callus and zeb of course callus says this is for zeb saving me this is you know like i'll let you guys pass this time just let zeb know we're even at this i think that callus zeb relationship very end now we know thrawn has a pretty good idea about who is behind all all of these rebel insights i would not be surprised if zeb and callus go at the same time and it's by the hands of thrawn yeah i can see that happen i can see that i mean they two have been going at it even since season one the two of them have been going at it um, and they've got some kind of connection there they just don't know it maybe they do 
but we know they've got a connection there. Um, I mean, he even had a weapon of Seb's people, Callis did. So just that, that's a wee tiny connection. So them two go out, and, them two go out as uh, heroes would be great. It'd be fantastic. But it's also going to be sad because we're losing, if you're saying we lose both Callis and Zeb, because it was quite nice having that inside it inside in the Empire and yeah, he, even before we went off for this month's break we knew that Sean know, knows about Callis being Fulcrum I, I, I would love to see that I'd love to see it I hope it's, it's a worthy one I don't want a pointless death because I've seen that a few times in other stuff and a pointless death is just like eh. so what that character's been wasted so I would like to see them go out a heroic death I just don't know what but I'd love to see that the two of them sitting there at a control on a ship fighting to save the rest of them and may die. That would just be so great. And then, as I said, going to season four with that kind of diner, the rebels kind of took a battering, but then leading into what we see in episodes four, five and Rogue One is the Alliance. And we're going to see um, Mom Motha and other guys from those those original trilogy films is just going to be so great. Ron has to kill somebody. Yeah. It's just that he simple. I mean, I think you, I, you talk about Grand Admiral Thrawn's projection this season, and I thought he was going to come in and be like, boom, on people right off the bat. And technically he has in some ways. I'm not going to say he hasn't killed people. It's just been very subtle, and yeah. they've kind of kept it, you know, kind of towards the background. And I think Filoni and Hidalgo and everybody, Gary Witta, everybody over at Lucasfilm, who is behind the story writing for this project and all the executive producers, they're waiting for a grand moment for Grand Admiral Thrawn to kill off two, I guess you could say, major aspects of the Star Wars Rebels story. And Zeb and Callus, not necessarily are they main characters, but they're very important characters in terms of what they bring to both crews. Yeah. Callus has been around for a very long time in the Empire at this point. He's been head of flagships. He has been behind a lot of the intel within the Empire. So to eliminate Callus and to eliminate Zeb, one from each side, is a message. And as we get closer to Rogue One, and if Thrawn is still alive, there's going to be a lot of storytelling that's going to need to happen. There's going to be a lot of storytelling that's going to happen for those two to line up perfectly. Yeah. And I don't know where I see Thrawn's character going here in terms of where he's going to be cut off at some point. I think it's kind of premature to even try to guess where that's going to happen. Um, there's at some point here, but it's, I think it's going to be so, so fascinating to see which two characters or maybe one character or maybe six characters gets killed off at the end of this season. I don't think it's going to be that. <laughs> Scott's like, no, please. No, 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 no six characters. There's one's enough, but maybe two. No six. Also, we'll probably see some like fighters die and their ships like, Oh, oh yeah, just mine uh, again. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> Some Y wings, you know, they're not that important to the Rebel Alliance, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> another thing I want to talk to you about is, as we see in Rogue One, we hear it over the intercom. General Sindula, you know, report to your station, General Sindula. Now, the episode with Mon Mothma. Obviously, they're trying to save a major uh, person within the Rebel Alliance from capture and everything. Obviously, it seems like from the Rebels trailer that we saw. This is most likely going to be Mon Mothma, unless they surprise us, unless they surprise us. I'm starting to think, curious to hear what you think about this, Scott, that that's the moment where Mon Mothma says, you know what? We got one of the best pilots here. We got somebody who could lead certain parts 
of this rebel alliance into battle. Hera, you are now known as General Sindula. That's where I think that's going to appear. Yeah, okay, I can see that. It would just be a, a nice tip of the hat mm-hmm. to Rogue One to see, see Hera get that. I mean, it was kind of alluded there in the in the season of the fall where Kaden made that a joke, uh, whatever, general. Um, <laughs> so to see her actually get pushed made a general would be, it'd be nice time. It would make you smile to know, I know where this is going. I know where this is going. So yeah, I, I definitely, if Mom Moffat does that, I'll be quite happy. I'll be like, go on, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you rock, Mon <laughs> You rock. You are number one in our books. Yeah, no, yeah. It, it's, it would be such a nice little tie-in into what we see in Rogue One in terms of what our ears hear in Rogue One. And actually, technically, what we did see. Obviously, we did see the ghost appear um, yeah. in a couple of scenes in the movie itself, even though they were subtle. I think we know based on where Rebels is heading that, yeah, the ghost crew or whatever is left of them yeah. does make it through to that major win for the Rebel Alliance at that point. Um, yeah, I don't think you'll see Kaden in that. I don't think he'll be there by that time. I think he'll be gone. Whether he goes off to a, like Yoda to a pilgrimage or a planet or he dies, who knows. But I think by the time we get to Rogue One, I Definitely know it'll be Hera, Chopper, and Sabine. I think that'll be it. You know, don't want to say too much. Yeah, and just coming off of, like, it seems like the episode coming back here into this second half is really going to be finishing up what Sabine's journey is here. I mean, yeah. we got one heck of an end to that before this break here. I mean, that episode was just, I don't, they have to continue that. At this point, we are full speed. They have to just keep going, and I think these titles are a great reminder that, yeah, you know what, Star Wars fans? We know you got those filler, not one of my favorite terms, episodes, and they were helping us kind of tell some of that backstory for some of these other characters. But in reality, there were a lot of things happening outside of those stories. The journeys that, excuse me, the rest of the Ghost crew that was going on at that time to lead up to this point to give Sabine this character build up and everything, to give Kanan some background, to really explore the Jedi's and the Mandalorians, and now finally conclusion to some some conclusions and to finally wrap some story bases. Scott, it's gonna be so great coming into it's not gonna be this weekend, but next weekend when we see this finally start to take place. It's so close. I mean it's uh, you can feel it, you know, it's you know, it's 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 gonna be very, very exciting indeed. And I think Star Wars fans are ready to jump back into this. Oh definitely. I, I just can't wait to see this these episodes. Um as you said, yourself Robin, we we left we left on a great episode in January of Rebels. I mean I you and Brian both said that you both loved it. I enjoyed it. You got a, it just that whole Kane and Brian out Sabine's because she, you didn't know anything about her, like really about her history, about her family life. And then to bring that out to her was just was it was heartbreaking to watch, really. But he knew he had to get that out of her because that's the passion, that's the fight, that was the anger, all everything that she had been holding back coming out and that's what he was doing he was teaching her to use her like any good master that's what he was doing i just can't wait to go to this next episode and see what it was like what mandalore's like after sadafimir during the empire it's just going to be so great to go to these episodes 
I, I can't wait. I know we're about a full week away from seeing what's going to happen. And you guys can head on over to Twitter. Make sure to tweet us out when you're watching Rebels, excuse me, on Disney. See, I'm getting all excited. I'm getting, I'm choking up. I'm so excited. So you guys can head on over to Twitter. You guys can share your thoughts. Go over to at Brick City SWPC. SWPC. Oh, see, I'm still getting choked up. It's just, there's just so much happening in my head, Scott. Uh, you, go, you guys can also head on over, follow Scott, follow me on Twitter for everything happening when we get to see that Rebels episode. So we're going to have our own little reactions and then we'll come here and talk in Star Wars and Rebels recap and everything. We're going to break down that first episode coming back. It's going to be a lot of fun. So Scott, it's that part of the show that we like to call where can the good Star Wars fans find you across social media? Yeah, you can find me on Facebook at Scott Inch or on Twitter at uh, Scott Inch 85. It's the year of my birth. And later this year, I will be coming over to America for the first time Woo! to Robin. Yeah, we got Scott coming to the United States. We get to do Star Wars stuff in the United States. It's going to be a lot of fun having him over on this side of the pond. We're going to bring you guys some epic, epic content as a podcast network. We're going to have Brian, Chris, Sean, me, James. Our voice of the podcast is going to be here. It's going to be one heck of a time here in the United States. So make sure to check out everything that Scott's doing over there. He's got his flight book. He's ready to come on over. So we're really excited. Um, it's going to be great. It's going to be so much fun. You guys can follow me, Robin Vote, over on Twitter, at Mr. Vote Tweets. Make sure to send a friend request on Facebook. Make sure to like the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network page on Facebook. Make sure to follow us on Twitter. Go over to iTunes. Subscribe. We've got an awesome contest coming up. There's going to be a specific Black Series up, possibly. If you show us that you subscribe to the network, stay tuned for more details. That will be coming out this weekend from our good friend over at Jedi Scavenger, Mr. Brian Fontaine, in here at the Brick City Blockade Podcast Network. So thank you guys for tuning into Episode 5 of Talking Star Wars. We will see you soon. May the Force be with you. Always. Always.